0: Hello everyone, welcome to the Like World podcast, and I'm your host, LT World, and on this channel we talk about the things people don't like to talk about. We talk about politics, we talk about religion, and we talk about ideologies. If that sounds like something you're into, join us as we take a look at the things that drive culture. Do you really despise religious belief? I despise people whose belief in religion is so firm it justifies killing people. Inside, 39 members of the Heaven's Gate cult had taken their own lives. Once in a while I get people that really claim they don't believe in evolution. My response generally is, why not? We can't even begin to describe a living creature in anything resembling precise terms. Where do the laws of physics come from? It's, It's a question that doesn't work for me on multiple levels of analysis. Does God exist? How many of you are the gambling type? How many of you are willing to take a risk and lay down all the money at the casino and just bet it all on the crabs or the cards or the the roulette machine or whatever you know whatever, whatever it is? How many of you are the gambling type? According to the National Center for Responsible Gambling, only about one percent of the adult population would have some sort of gambling addiction. However, youth and minors being a little bit more impulsive and um, less responsible, there's about six to nine percent of young people or minors who have a severe gambling problem or addiction so the vast majority of people don't have a gambling problem although las vegas casinos clubs and poker all show that everyone to a certain extent or a lot of people have some sort of propensity to gamble and like the like the uh, rush or the adrenaline of putting at least some money on the line or putting something on the line whether that just be a simple bet between friends or whether that be a lifetime savings and speaking of lifetime savings or big major bets what are people willing to gamble? What happens in some cases of extreme gambling? So I wanted to start off with a couple stories that I think are just kind of crazy. Like give me an example of what people are willing to risk. Bet it all if they're like, addicted to gambling or just want the rush. So there was one gambler, one very confident man by the name of Andre Karpov who decided to put his wife's vow to the test by putting up his wife as a bet during a, uh, during a, get, uh, during a poker game against Sergey Brodov well little to say normally if you want to stay married to someone um, you don't bet them uh, you don't bet your conjugal rights to, off for in the middle of a game that's not normally how you keep a wife so the moment that Andre's wife found out about this this gamble this bet that she was being put up her sexual affairs were being put up she uh, ended up divorcing Andre no surprise there um, however the funny thing is that she actually ended up marrying Broda, the guy he was gambling against. Um, so I guess in a way, Sergei won the bet or won the poker game. Um, I think he won anyway, but either way he still got his prize, even though uh, even though it wasn't necessarily the way that it was intended to go. Now, there was another case in two thousand four. There was a um, there was a man by the name of Ashley Ravel who made perhaps one of the most riskiest roulette Decisions ever. He he basically bet all his life savings. He bet everything on the line, everything he owned, clothes included. Actually, that was an important note during the story. Clothes included. He took his entire life savings and put it on. I think it was uh red. Yeah, he put it on red on the roulette table, and well, it happened to land on red, and he actually panned out and made tons of money, and he w- left the casino, and now he's a very wealthy man. I assume. I don't know. Maybe he gambled again and lost. But in 2004, he made out. So these are just some crazies of some crazy examples of extreme gambles, extreme gambling addictions, or like just people putting everything on the line, literally risking everything for the sake of a get bet, or the sake of money, or the sake of winning, or whatever it is. However, I would like to propose that everyone gambles, every single person gambles. Not even just a little poker game. Even if you say like I never put any money on the line, I never even did a bet with friends where. Uh, they've me a hot dog to go climb the tower or something like never did anything like that I don't gamble whatsoever I think we all do now let me explain let us consider for a second in terms of religious beliefs in terms of ideologies in terms of atheism whatever your fundamental belief is about the meaning of life and origins of the earth and all that all results into some sort of gamble that you take with your life thinking that you're living out the truth, living out the life that you were meant to lead. So let's just think for a second. Many traditional forms of evangelical Christianity would propose that there is a hell. And in many cases, uh, there's a large swath of Christians who would say that there's the eternal hell. So those who don't believe in Jesus and don't embrace his gift of mercy and grace and uh, he died on the cross and rose again, a lot of them would propose that if you don't believe in him, your sins will damn you and you will go to hell. Um, and in many cases, eternity. There are some who don't think that, but in many cases, there are people who believe that you'll go to hell for eternity. Likewise, there's many Muslims within the Islam community who believe very similarly that if you don't obey Islam, uh, if you don't obey Allah, I mean, and you don't follow teaching Muhammad, and you don't try to live a good Muslim life, you will end up going to be tortured you end up going to a form of hell I don't know I think they have a different name for it I can't remember off the top of my head uh, but you'll be tormented and I have a couple um, verses to support that well one for christianity though a lot of times you use revelation 14 11 for a reference they, there's others but that's the one that a lot of people will pull from in terms of hell for them islam will pull from the quran from uh, and nisa verse 54 which is translated in english to I think the women um, verse fifty-four. So, those are their support for their religious beliefs as of hell, and in many cases, eternal hell. Hindus likewise believe that if you act wickedly, wickedly, that if you um, act against the gods or you um, are against, you act evil or whatever it is, you will get bad karma, and bad karma will result in you going back into the reincarnation cycle and end up probably coming back into this world in a lower caste system or a lower state or not as good a state. Um, and you will ruin your chances for a good reincarnation. Uh, many Buddhists believe, very similar to Hindus, that if you behave wickedly or you don't do by the teachings of Buddha, you will end up falling into a bad reincarnation cycle. Um, and a lot of times, the goals of these religions is to escape reincarnation. Um, and different sectors of Judaism, uh, like um, Islam and like Christianity, believe in some form of hell, although Judaism is a little bit more debated uh, of a topic. So, simply put, you're taking a risk with your life, depending on what you believe. So, if you're an atheist, you are saying, "I believe there is no God. I believe that there is no transcendent um, being." Many cases, um, not uh, there are some strange cases, but in many cases, they don't believe in afterlife. They believe the consciousness dies with the body in pure naturalistic terms, and therefore, when you see when you die, when your body dies, and therefore your conscious dies with you, and you cease to exist. Um, But you're taking a risk. You're taking a risk. You're gambling with your life that you're right because you're saying Christianity, Islam, all these religions are wrong. I'm not gonna abide by their teachings and therefore you're gonna risk hell. You're gonna risk judgment, you're gonna risk punishment, you're gonna risk reincarnation um, for the sake of thinking that I'm living out the life that is true. Likewise, as a Christian, you would be making a similar gamble. You'll be saying Islam's not true, Hindu's not true, these religions are not true and therefore I'm gonna live a life that reflects Christianity and that could get me into hell if, if I'm wrong. Or it might just result in nothing in the case of naturalistic atheism. So everyone is taking a gamble with their life. And again, you can say the same thing for Muslims, Hindus, all religions. Everyone's taking a gamble because they're saying something's right, something else is wrong. And many times the things that they say are wrong are, going to, are saying that you'll be punished for believing so. Or at least something like that. So everyone is taking a risk with their life in terms of eternal... Um, in, in, in a sense of eternity, in a sense of death, in a sense of just how they live their life in general, because there could be judgment. Now, someone who recognized this dilemma was Blaise Pascal. Now, Blaise Pascal was a—I think he was Catholic during that during uh, the medieval period. Of, well, not the medieval period, but he was Catholic during—I think it was late medieval period, maybe early Enlightenment, but I think it was late medieval. Anyway, Blaise Pascal. Uh, Recognizes this dilemma. He recognized that everyone is taking a risk with their life. He recognized that people, um, if you believe in Christianity, you're taking a risk with your life. And if you believe in atheism, you're taking a risk with your life. You're, you're taking a chance. You're taking a gamble. Um, that your belief is right and that other beliefs are wrong, which has consequences if you're right or wrong. So he proposed something called the Pascalian Wager, which I would like to read to you from his book, Pensées, um, which is where he wrote this wager um, this down. So I'm going to turn to the page here and I'm just going to read a chunk of it here um, and you guys can gather kind of what he's saying. So he talks about, yes, but you must wager. There is no choice. You're already committed. Which will you choose then? Let us see. Since a choice must be made, he's talking about your life, since a choice and like your religious beliefs. Since a choice must be made, let's see which offers you the least interest. You have two things to lose. The true and the good, and two things at stake, your reason and your will. Your knowledge and your happiness and your nature has two things to avoid, error and righteousness. Since you must necessarily choose, your reason is no more affronted by choosing one rather than the other. That is the one point cleared up. But your happiness, let us weigh up the gain and the loss involved in calling heads and that God exists. Let us assess the two cases. If you win, you win everything. If you lose, you lose nothing. Do not hesitate then. Wager that he does exist. That is wonderful. Yes, I must wager, but perhaps I am wagering too much. Let us see, since there is an equal chance of gain and loss, if you stood to win only two lives for one, you could still wager, but supposing you stood to win three. You would have to play since you must necessarily play, and would be unwise of you once you are obliged to play, not to risk your life in order to win three lives at a game in which there is an equal chance of losing and winning. But there is an eternity of life and happiness. That being so, even though there were an infinite number of chances of which only one were in your favor, you would still be right to wager one in order to win two, and you would be acting wrongly, being obliged to play, and refusing to stake one life against three in a game. I'm gonna stop there um, he goes on for quite a bit so so basically summarize what he just uh, what he just said was he's saying so in the case of atheism versus in his case Christianity he was speaking specifically of um, his Christianity believing in Christ um, he is saying this so if I'm an atheist and I um, if I'm an atheist and I end up being wrong I am going to go to hell. I'm going to be punished. And my eternal life is going to be much worse and much more torturous than if I believed in Christ and was saved, I'm risking my eternity. In the case of a Christian, he's saying, if you're a Christian and you're wrong, well, if you die, nothing happens. You cease to exist and you just live the finite life and there is no eternity to worry about. So he's saying, since since the risk and the wager are so vastly different, the one is risking so much more. The atheist is risking so much. The atheist is saying there is no heaven or hell. There's nothing out there, but if he's wrong, he is risking the damnation of his soul. However, if the Christian is wrong, he's risking nothing. He's just risking maybe a little bit of temporary happiness on this earth. Maybe it's a life of sacrifice, but in the end of the day, he's not really risking much. The atheist is risking much more. So therefore he proposes that it's better to believe and risk little than it is to not believe and risk a much. And that's essentially the Pascal's wager. Um, And so he concluded that people should believe, that people should turn away from atheism and turn, in his case, towards Christianity. Now, let's pump the brakes for a second. Let's think about this. There are not everyone doesn't agree with the Pascalian wager, and there's someone I want to pull up specifically who addresses it in his book. Sam Harris. Yes, Sam Harris, the atheist, who is, um, I think, still alive. He's one of the new atheists, kind of, of our age. And he wrote in his book, Letter to a Christian Nation. I'm going to read a little bit for you. Um, his two he he, he he brings up two criticisms of the Pascalian Wager. So, he writes, Many readers of Letter to a Christian Nation have taken inspiration from Blaise Pascal and argue that evidence is beside the point and that religious believers have simply taken the wiser of two bets. If a believer is wrong about God, there is not much harm to him or to anyone else, and if he is right, he wins eternal happiness. If an atheist is wrong, however, he is destined to spend eternity in hell. On this view, atheism is the very picture of reckless stupidity. While Pascal deserves his reputation as a brilliant mathematician, his wager was never more than a cute and false analogy. Like many cute ideas in philosophy, it is easily remembered and often repeated, and this has lent it to undeserved air of profundity. A moment's thought reveals that if the wager were valid, it could justify almost any belief system no matter how ludicrous or antithetical to Christianity. Another problem with the wager, and is the problem that infects religious thinking generally, is a suggestion that a rational person can knowingly will himself to believe a proposition for which he has no evidence. A person can profess any creed he likes, of course, but to really believe it, he must believe that it is true. So to believe that there is a God, for instance, is to believe that you are not just fooling yourself, it is to believe that you stand in some relation to God's existence such that if he didn't exist, you wouldn't wouldn't believe in him. How does Pascal's wager fit into this scheme? It doesn't. So Sam Harris has two criticisms. Let's sum them up. Criticism number one. This wager can be used more for than just Christianity. It can be used for any religious belief and it can justify any ideology if you use the idea of odds stacked against each other or the outcomes stacked against each other. So this doesn't just apply to Christianity, it applies to multiple religions. That's point number one. Point number two is that the wager doesn't cause someone to believe despite the weight of the outcomes. Um, and so he's saying that just because the outcomes may be drastically different doesn't make someone able to believe. They still need evidence. They still need good reason to believe. So therefore, if they don't have good reason to believe, they still won't believe even if the outcomes are extreme. So let's take these points one by one. So point number one, it's true. It is true that the Pascalian wager is not a four uh, like a, uh, a four by f- a four box matrix like as kind of proposed. Um, actually, if you would want a uh, accurate depiction of what the Pascalian wager would be like, there are actually some some you can find online. I'm actually going to pop one up here. If you're watching on video, I'm gonna I'm gonna show you on video here. Um, but as you can see, and as uh, if you're watching, um, it has boxes across the. It has all of, like the religions, beliefs across the top, um, or and down the side, is a bunch of religious beliefs, and it says if you're right, you're wrong, and it has like tons and tons of boxes to account for all the religions. And all the beliefs around the world. Now, even this demo, uh, even this depiction, this graph that I'm showing you, isn't completely accurate. So this depiction is also wrong because not every Christian agrees on theology. Not every Muslim agrees on theology. Not every um, Hindu uh, agrees. Not every Confucius agrees. There is disagreement among these religions that have different denominations, different factions, different sects, um, and therefore it would need to be even bigger than this. However, this gives you an idea where the Pascal's wager uh, falls short with point number one. So, in order for the Pascal's wager to be accurate, it would need to include more than just Christianity. It would need to include tons of different religions. Um, and so, this matrix isn't—it's not a atheism Christianity. It's actually atheism, Buddhism, Christianity, Hinduism. It's a whole spectrum of beliefs. So, point number one is granted. Point number one is granted. Now, point number two. This is also a pretty good point that Sam Harris points out. Um, So Sam Harris is right. He's right that he says that the Pascalian wager does nothing for belief. For instance, if you told me that a cursed, I I I held in my hand a piece of chocolate, and a woman walked up to me and told me that piece of chocolate is cursed, and if you eat it, you will die and your soul will burn forever or something like that. And they just walked up, some crazy woman walked up to me and said, you're going to die. According to Pascal's logic, I should not eat the chocolate because the, if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong, I burn in hell, I die, whatever. However, if I'm right, all I do, all I get is a temporal, finite satisfaction of eating the chocolate. But what would I do? I'd probably pop the chocolate in my mouth, chew on it, and just smile on the woman's face because I think she's ridiculous because what did she do? She presented no evidence. Her her ex- assertion was ridiculous on his face, had no evidence to it. And just because the outcomes were drastically different and that the outcomes would be much worse if I'm wrong, it doesn't matter to me because I just don't believe it's even true. It's completely absurd that that piece of chocolate would kill me. So let's refine a bit. Let's refine the Pascal's wager with these two points in mind. Point one is true. And since it is true, Um, I mean, point one is true. And since we are uh, not talking about Christianity specifically on this podcast, uh, that's not really a big hit necessarily to the point we're making here, um, since this is just about God's existence in general. Um, But there can still be a binary that's formed through the Pascal's Wager if we want to look at it from a different lens. So if we want to look at it from a different lens, we could say that atheism versus um, deism, the fact that God exists or gods exist um something like that and you can still create kind of a binary there where you're like okay if atheists if atheists are wrong they're still risking everything against deism versus if deism wrong is still risking nothing so there is still a difference between outcomes between the two um, and secondly if you are a christian or if you're a hindu or if you're a muslim you are still low have lower risk than the atheist does so the atheist is still saying that all these religions all these religious beliefs all these ideologies are wrong and they are risking every single one of them. At least if you're a Christian, you are eliminating one of those options. There's still tons of options, but you're eliminating at least one of them. And if you're right, you still win. Um, but if you're wrong, you might not lose, you may lose, who knows. But if you're an atheist, you're risking it all. You, win, you gain nothing eternal. Um, you have no chance of gaining anything eternal um, in that sense. So the atheist is still taking the most risk out of all the religions. So there is still something to be said about the outcomes being in favor of a religious person uh, or um, at least someone who's a deist or something versus an uh, absolute atheist um so point one is refined a little bit but obviously that's not the big point that's the the kicker uh point two is a little bit more of a kicker i would say so again point two is true the wager is not good for belief it doesn't matter the outcomes don't matter in terms of belief i it, it doesn't make a difference to anyone if uh, for instance uh, let's just take colts for instance if you take something like the Heaven's Gate cult or the Jonestown cult or um, the Branch Davidians cult, a lot of these cults made extreme claims that if you don't follow them, you're going to die, go to hell, and stuff like that. But in a lot of cases, they didn't present evidence, they used some sort of broad speculation, and they used brainwashing, not brainwashing, but they used um, manipulative techniques to get their gain their followers. And therefore, they didn't have much evidence and any rational person would say, you're, you're out of your mind, you're ridiculous. And they shouldn't be afraid because just because the outcomes are um, extreme, and if they're wrong, the outcomes would be extreme. Um, it would still be it would still be it would be foolish to believe on the basis of just taking a risk. However, where I think there is something to be said here is it would be foolish to take such a big risk as an atheist, with there being a lot of presumed evidence. So, if let's just say you don't believe in God or you don't believe in a religious a religion at all. And you never looked into the topic at all. Like you never looked at the evidence, you never you never looked at religion, you never looked at philosophy, you never even considered these questions. It is foolish to do so because you are still taking the most risk. You are still taking the most risk and if you never looked into it, you have no reason to say that your evidence is more. You, you can't say with the good, good solid faith that your evidence is more and stacked against the religious evidence. If you haven't looked at it and so if I was taking such a great risk, for instance, I would at least consider the evidence that's available to me. So historical evidence in the case of religions like Islam and Christianity, a lot of times they will claim history to be on their side and you can analyze historical evidence to see if they stand to stand the test Um, in regards to philosophy. A lot of times religious people will use philosophical claims as we're going to be covering on this podcast, like morality and stuff like that, Um, and to absolutely ignore those philosophical arguments um, is foolish to if you're taking such a big risk um also the fact that there are millions and millions of people billions actually of people who are religious and believe in god to say that all of them are completely idiots and foolish and have no reason for what they believe is is true is a big risk it's spitting in the face of evidence if you would want to look at then science scientifically there's scientists who are christians or scientists who are muslims or scientists who are who have scientific arguments for their beliefs um, for young earth or for creationism or whatever so again To ignore all of these things and take such a giant gamble with your life is foolish. So I agree with Sam Harris. It's not good, just because the outcomes are completely outweighed, doesn't mean that it's a good reason to believe. It doesn't propel someone to believe. I agree. But I think there is something to be said that if you're just going to ignore all the evidence that's available and not consider it at all, if you're taking that big of a risk, that's foolish. You should at least look into the evidence, at least somewhat, and if you find it unconvincing, then take the risk. At least you can say you looked at the evidence. Um, but to do otherwise is foolish. So I think in that case the Blaise Pascal argument—that's uh, kind of where it finds its finds its grounding, um, its most solid defense—is the fact that at least consider the evidence because we all must die. It's a it's a natural fact of life. We all must die at some point. Whether or not our consciousnesses—if um, whether or not our consciousness go on for eternity, whether or not we there's something beyond this earth whether or not there's a god who can save us or whatever it is is up for debate but we all must die we all we all must come to an end to our lives and have lived for something and therefore gamble our lives on something let's at least consider the evidence with such extreme outcomes and with such extreme um things on the line because we're all gambling something and if we become aware that we're gambling let's make safe bets on good evidence So after discussing the Pascalian wager, my only question is, what are you wagering? Whatever it is, I hope you use it to like the world, my friends. If you would like to learn more about how to like the world, subscribe to whatever podcast platform you're listening to and follow along because we would love to have you and we continue to cover topics like this down the road and you can grow in your understanding and in your knowledge of these different important topics that we deal with every day. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter. On these outlets, I ask questions, I run polls. people can DM me, and I'm going to do some more special content on there anyway. So definitely follow along there and join the Like the World community. And you can also subscribe to my YouTube channel if you like video content, and I post some extra videos on there occasionally. So follow along, join the community, and we're going to have a good time learning more about the important topics of life.